2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power, home of the
1: GA Hour football academy. not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're, both of them are keen to now to, uh, focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas get such a f-ing shit shot next Saturday evening
0: that we'll put them back in their asses for years. It's just me and you today, Connor. Um, Conan's off swanning around the place I don't know <laughs> where he's gone and when you hear this I asked Johnny Doyle last night to come in and join us or yesterday and he said yeah no problem and then I text him last night everything alright for today and he says I'm on the way to hospital he got a punch off the ball in a league game for his club and he thinks his jaw is broken like I mean I've Who got... would
2: punch Johnny Doyle Exactly <laughs> Johnny
0: Doyle's 41 now he's yeah. playing a club league game and this is off the ball Oh my and God. some absolute so and so decides to strike him off the ball I think, you, I think when you get into your 40s you reach a level of respect in the county where why would someone want to do that to you? The country, I just, Johnny Dial. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Dial is universally liked yeah. so it sickened me to my stomach to hear that he was on Did the way. Did you say he broke his jaw? He thinks that he thought it was broken. He was on the way Jesus. to Talla Hospital to get a, an x-ray. So that's just... I'd, I said I'd share that news yeah, with people. God. just I'd love to know who that fella he was marking was because I'd have no problem tweeting out his name. Out. That's just com-
2: complete disgrace. Yeah. Hopefully Johnny's all right then. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyways, you're off to Limerick on Saturday night. I'm going to Limerick on Saturday night. But the big question is, why the hell is it in Limerick? <laughs> What's going on here? Such a load of nonsense to bring the two teams to Limerick. Apparently there's no agreement between the two counties to toss for home advantage. Now... There was no other conic venue suitable. Mm. Uh, the Hyde has only seventeen thousand. We know how, how many Mayo will bring to this. They, re- they reckon Jesus still seventeen thousand. I would have gone to the Hyde. Yeah. Both counties were consulted and agreed that um, agreed to the Limerick venue. Now what I can't understand is the stats in the last twenty championship games. Both teams have won ten each, right? Mm. Both teams have won five at home and five away. <laughs> Just toss for the bloody thing. Yeah, Like yeah, Mayo yeah, aren't yeah. great in Castlebar. Like it's not like Galloway is a fortress in Salt Hill. Although they might have a slight. I board. know, yeah. What's wrong with tossing it, or did they even? Did I, it, did,
2: I heard I, I could be wrong, but I heard that the the that Mayo didn't agree to the coin toss, they didn't want the coin toss and Right. I don't I, I know where they're coming from, I suppose, that uh, our record in Mikhail Park is so terrible or our record in Salt Hill against Go recently isn't much better. Um, so I I'd, I'd say that's something to do with it. But like you mentioned uh, you mentioned the hide there the height I think takes 18,000 or something like that I yeah. actually don't think it'll be much more than 18,000 Gaelic Grounds Galway
0: won't travel too, too no, far too no much.
2: and the last game like so the, when Mayo fed Galway last year and that was like one of the biggest most anticipated Mayo-Galway games in a long time and that was at McHale Park there was 29,000 I think at it um, and that was in Castlebarra which and is in a conic championship. in a conic Championship show, so that obviously it's easier for Mayo but it was easier for Galway to travel to Castlebarra as opposed to Limerick and that got 29,000 So I, I would say Around the 20,000 mark But that's the thing Like if you If you played it in the height And there were people complaining About yeah. not being able to get in Then the GA would say Well we offered you Limerick Or something So yeah. that's probably why But yeah. I, I, just, I just hope the Like Mayo played Limerick There last year Obviously played Kerry Famously a few years ago I just hope the venue they will played so- Cork there Oh, sorry, played Cork, Cork as well. yeah, Limerick, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're kind and of And played Limerick there score. too. Limerick oh, last yeah. year was at that game, yeah. No wonder
0: yeah. No wonder James Horan didn't agree with <laughs> Limerick it, yeah. was on the cards. Yeah. Like, they do have an advantage there because Galway wouldn't have played there. And it's a, an unusual sort of pitch I find... Um, to play football in. It's more of a hurling pitch. Isn't yeah, right, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, I
2: was there last year. Like the the sod, it, oh, it's pristine. It's like an absolutely brilliant pitch. So And similar in parameters, I imagine the Park would be definitely better than pitch-wise, McHale Park and Salt Hill. So fingers crossed it, <laughs> it helps Mayo yeah. the next day.
0: So we haven't mentioned this either. This came out on Saturday. And obviously you can't mention some things on a Monday because there's too much to talk about. Fitz Morris on Mayo. So he's talking about the dark arts that Mayo get up to and he was talking about and fair play to him if it's Morris for coming out. He's coming out with a few good ones and yeah, the Irish Examiner chat. are very lucky to have him yeah. with, with some of these ones he's coming out with. So he talked about the checking off the ball their game management late in games the claustrophobic marking of key op- opposition players the tactical use of the Mayor Fuerna and the cynical exploitation of the head injury rule when ahead in games were further indicators of the gamesmanship as they pushed everyone and everything in their desperation to get to the promised land so let's go through each one the checking <laughs> off the ball they're all at it yeah, everyone right? yeah. we know Mayo got a hard uh, a hard edge to them there's no doubt Dublin have it too their game management late in games hmm I'm not sure about that considering like teams get runs on them late in games Their game management
2: tactically is terrible lately yeah. late in games it was terrible yeah. against Armagh but I think I know what he's talking about A yeah, like O'Connor the could go so. down with an injury or something like, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: so then the claustrophobic marking of key opposition players like, I mean I see that as a plus yeah. I don't see that as anything the tactical use of the Mayor Fuerna we've talked about this before so Dublin do this as well yeah. this is what Eamonn Fitzmaurice spoke about the last time with J.O. coming in at times and being slow to come off yeah Okay, so that's a good one. And the cynical exploitation of the head injury rule. What do you make of that one?
2: Well, I, I actually wasn't aware of this at all until it was mentioned in the RMA game. And the, how many... You mentioned it on Monday, the amount of injuries that Mayo had in the last few minutes. Yeah. And a lot of them were suspected head injuries. Head, head injuries. And, like, what's a ref to do when, when there's a suspected well, head injury? It. He can't do anything. He can't. There's no evidence. like. You well, know? here's the
0: thing. And I didn't really notice this either until it was in the first half and Brendan Donaghy went down on a ball and he got hit to the side and he went down. Now, there was absolutely nothing wrong with his head. But Aidan Forker was shouting... At the referee just off camera, head ref, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't realise they're at this. So <laughs> the, the referee has to stop it then with the head injury. Yeah. So I hadn't noticed that they're, they're pretending to have head injuries because the game will have to be stopped if that's the case.
2: Yeah, and actually, the main head, I- head injury, sorry, that I can remember from Mayo was actually back in Limerick in 2014. When Killian O'Connor and Aidan O'Shea managed oh, yeah. to collide heads, themselves. they weren't faking that I one. I know they absolutely weren't faking that <laughs> one, but I never—I actually hadn't realised it until, uh, Ian Fitzmaurice mentioned it. But I hadn't realised that because he called out Tony McEntee, said he used to be really slow uh, to get off the pitch, especially when the opposition were trying to take a kick out Yeah, and I hadn't mentioned that. I had noticed that until Fitzmaurice said it. And actually, that's Fitzmaurice is brilliant for that and terms yeah. of stuff that you hadn't noticed. You don't like, notice, do you know?
0: yeah. I didn't
2: notice that the mayor Furness either. But o- the, yeah. on the Fitzmaurice one, sorry, did you, he called out. He said that um. German O'Connor hid behind the TV camera, uh, playing and carrying the league, and he hadn't spotted it until Barry John Kane was on the bench, and he spotted German O'Connor. The De- Mayo were taking a free; he was trying to hide and then run in once the you know to be available once the free was taken. And then Barry John Kane called it. Well, that's clever. Like there, yeah. there's
0: no doubt. But maybe that's why McGinley said after the game against Armagh that there must have been ten or eleven head injuries. Like he's obviously exaggerating because mm. Mayo are known for this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we're all getting to the bottom of this now. Yeah. So which which is good. Right, we have to mention this as well because this came out at the weekend which is Central Council's Championship Restructures. Now, obviously this is a bit of a confusing one considering John Horan has set up a committee to look at this exact thing Mm. and they're doing that this year with the aim of uh, maybe looking at something for 2020. So it's very obvious that Horan is pushing this through. He chairs the Central Council apparently and he's pushing this through because he wants the legacy of bringing in the Tier 2. Now, that's all fine and everything there's obviously an ego thing involved with that you want to be remembered for something I can understand I can kind of understand it but still what are we going to do do this one tier two for one year and then go change to something else maybe that's what we're going to do Um, but anyways there's two proposals the central council uh, have put forward and i think there's going to be an emergency um, emergency congress to push this through in november or something should you know yeah, whatever there's another the, one in october isn't there yeah yeah, yeah. When, whenever the president wants something there's just emergency congresses <laughs> yeah. pop up out of nowhere so proposal A it's basically the provincial championships as they are um, and the current four rounds of the qualifiers will reduce to two rounds. The reason it'll be reduced to two rounds is because Division 3 and 4 teams won't go into the qualifiers if they lose in the provincial championships and don't make the provincial mm-hmm. final. So that's pretty much it. So Division 3 and 4 teams, if they lose in the province, the 16 of them, unless they reach a provincial final, which is unusual, although leash have done it recently, um, they'll go into a straight knockout. In the tier two championship format, right? So that's mm-hmm. it. So the semi final the all-earn semi-finals of that tier two, would be a standalone uh, weekend where there's no A tier or hurling or whatever. Maybe there's hurling, but there's definitely no A tier football, football which, yeah. is, which is grand. There'd be all stars. There'd be whatever like that, and that's 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 okay. It's normal. Pose B is a bit of a weird one. I don't know why they even threw this in. So it's uh, it's the same thing except for the if a team if a team say like leash makes a provincial final then you're down to 15 teams then one of the tier the, the lowest ranked tier 1 team has to take their place <coughs> back in the yeah. in division 2 which gets a little bit messy you'd feel hard done by if you're uh, a tier 1 team and you're dragged back down into yeah, it because yeah, another yeah. team whatever and then it's it's even confusing with the teams go back into the tier 2 um the the format for Tier 2 Championship in Proposal B features an initial round of games which then creates a winners group and a losers group so offers so between offers uh, ca- beaten counties a way of playing their way back into contention and so you can lose, lose again in the, yeah. in the Tier 2 that's a load of nonsense as far as I'm concerned you can live with the, the A but like I mean everything I always say about these Tier 2 All-Irelands and it's very very important and I think people are deciding on this that have never played the game and that don't understand it every team sets out at the start of the year to win a competition mm-hmm. right so what's your goal for the year it's to like even if it's not to win it so Leisha's goal this year will be to get to a Leinster final and play Dublin in it yeah. it's not going to be to win a tier 2 All-Ireland because then you're admitting that you're going to lose in Leinster which you absolutely don't want to do yeah. so what are you training for all year you're not training for tier two so what is the prestige of it what is the glory of it can you really celebrate a competition that was not on your radar until the middle of the season you know what I mean like I mean this tier two for it to work has to be what you're gearing for all year this is what you're emotionally invested in this is what you want to win this is what your supporters are emotionally invested in
2: so just split it at the start it has to be yeah that's what I think too like stop
0: trying to appease everybody like you ask any intermediate team in Leash do you want to play senior and they'll all say yes yes yeah But that doesn't mean that you can just because you want to, you know, and there's too much appeasing. So you can still play the Provincials, as far as I'm concerned, as a standalone competition. But the two All-Ireland series are starting from scratch and there's an A and there's there's a Tier 1 and a Tier 2 or a Division 1 and a Division 2. And I think that's very, very, because here's another example. And I've said this on the show before. When you're, say, you're in the Leinster Championship and you lose and then you have to go back into the qualifiers that's an awful kick in the arse. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. so you're immediately back. and Now, this is the same competition that you're back into and it takes you so long to refocus and get back and even have any interest in getting yeah, back into this. Yeah. So that's the same tier one competition that it's really hard to regroup and everything. So you're talking about regrouping to go into a, a, a B championship that has not even been on your radar, yeah. has, has not been mentioned in one team meeting, has not, you know, been on, on in anybody's minds. I don't. Yeah. I, I just don't see how that can work. Like yeah. I mean,
2: I suppose the only thing is that everybody's going to be in the same boat, so they'll just have to react like that. But the way you mention it, there is that like the actual the stronger teams that go down to the that go into the tier two might actually perform poor, uh, more poorly because they they have you know they're dead set on getting to a provincial final yeah. whereas other teams might be a bit more re- realistic about the fact that they're going to be in tier two. You know, once they get knack- they get knocked out of the province. But I I, I completely agree with you. Like I. There's, there's way too much appeasing going on like I mean we're we're, talk, we're talking about every other competition apart from the senior championship has grades and everybody's been comfortable for that for a yeah. long time and yet the biggest the, the flagship championship they're afraid to do that because they're trying to keep everybody happy and like i I, I I'm always wary about kind of where I come from on this, because like I'm, I, I playing my football in Mayo, Mayo, more than likely always going to be a top tier county, and you, you feel that you're talking down to other counties, but that that's that's just it, and uh, like these proposals that are put forward, that's it, they're they're just appeasing, you know, they're just nearly lip service, you know, that kind of way. But that's uh, the
0: thing. But you look at leash won the Joe McDonough Cup, like. Leash are Division 2 team now so they would be in Tier 1 but I wouldn't care if Leash were in Tier 2 and yeah. they won it. The Leash hurlers came back and you see videos of them going around to school signing autographs signing it's, hurls yeah, didn't yeah, ever have a chance yeah, to do absolutely, that. There's a yeah. great feel good factor around Leash hurling now and now we have a shot at Dublin next weekend who wouldn't want I know, that I know I know like, yeah. I know mean, I just don't get it and sometimes instead of appeasing everyone just do what's, do what's right and then yeah. after a year it won't take them long to get used to it won't like. yeah. yeah. you'll have a couple of counties that were given out and suddenly they're in an all-in semi-final in <laughs> Crow Park and de- then all the whinging, whinging ends do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, definitely um, there's some positive developments from John Horan um, he was doing that media day he's talking about the over the weekend GA Central Council have moved the club finals away from pa- St Patrick's Day so that's very good. Um, Central Council have done the right thing there. So they're now, the all Ireland final is going to be January the 19th. They all Semi semifinals January the 5th. So that big long wait mm-hmm. is cut down massively. And John Horan is not happy with that. He said, we decided to move it forward, but unfortunately we weren't able to move it forward the full way as provincial and county final programmes were already planned. <laughs> yeah. So in 2020, they'll be hoping to complete them inside the calendar year. Yeah. I love that. Brilliant, that yeah. makes yeah. perfect sense. So you have to, while you give out about the GA with a lot of things, you have to credit them when they do the common sense thing. This It's something I've been complaining about since I, know, I started yeah. <laughs> in media. But eventually it gets it gets kind of done. Another good one I thought was that the back pass rule to the goalkeeper is going to be added to the agenda for the special congress which is scheduled in October. Oh yeah, October, not November. That's yeah. the special one. So basically, the offensive mark, the sin bin, the 21 metre kick out and the forward sideline kicks, they were trialled as we know. So they're up for... Um, They're on the agenda, obviously, to be voted on to come in for the league the following year and... uh they're going to add the back pass back to the goalkeeper so again to be honest I'm 100% in agreement with this so I think it was Stephen O'Mara the first mooted this one Mm. and it's basically your short kick out goes to a corner back and it's thrown straight back to the goalkeeper everyone's paired off and the goalkeeper just kind of wanders out nobody's marking him like the only way really to push up successfully is to send your goalkeeper up as a spare man (laughs) to to cover (laughs) the ball back to the goalkeeper and nobody wants to get to the point where that's the case so it just adds to the excitement of the game when that kickout goes out there is no conservative back pass and even from play there's no conservative back yeah. pass and again this is probably might penalise my own county with Graham Brodie I wonder what, what good often comes out of Brodie's runs like I'm not sure a yeah. huge amount of good comes out of him I can definitely see the 1-2 from kickouts. outs Ma- is a massive uh, thing and it penalises a press which we want every team to do yeah. it penalises contests and I don't see how this would be a bad thing for the
2: game but there's been no there's been no definition yet on what the rule might be. That's what I'm kind of because no, I think I these are up. I think these are up for debate yeah. potentially. I was surprised at the level of opposition to this. Once it was it was like you know it was mooted earlier on there's the week. Opposition for I know, but like I like even this one in particular, because I thought like when I heard it, I thought that's a fairly progressive rule, like yeah. you know. But I suppose. Um, the, the, the opposition that I saw was that like does it mean the keepers can't get involved whatsoever or is it, is it just that like if a cornerback gets the ball he actually can't pass the ball backwards to his goalkeeper I think that's I think that's perfect say if, if the cornerback wasn't allowed to pass the ball back to the keeper within his 13 metre line but that you're not preventing a Graham Brodie or a Niall Morgan from getting involved in the attacks now how difficult that will be to to police, it might be a bit tricky, but yeah i i, I think it 's unless it's
0: unless it, it 's a back
2: pass to the goalkeeper well, if the goalkeeper 's ahead of you, yeah, you can pass it to it, them. it allows teams to press up and it 'll mean more long kickouts because uh, goalkeepers won 't be given that short option as much if they know that they can 't get it back from the yeah. player they 're given to because often they give it to, they give it to a cornerback that right on the sideline, and his only option is to go back to the keeper so i think i think it 's quite positive, but i 'd like to see. The actual definition Of what the rule Is going to be Yeah me too He said there's a stat
0: here Of the 20 games That are anal- analysed For the National League There was an average Of 10 passes To the goalkeeper So you don't want that In the game yeah. like they, they banned the goalkeeper Picking it up in soccer Because it was terribly boring It was terribly conservative yeah. And it was terrible to watch Made and a now, huge difference Huge difference to the <laughs> yeah. game So I don't yeah. see why It can't happen But I agree with you I think a back pass To the goalkeeper You can't pass it back Like yeah. rugby A back pass Passes have to go backwards in rugby, yeah, so you yeah, can't yeah. pass
2: back to the goalkeeper. Yeah, but it doesn't apply. Let's say, say if the keeper comes out, right? Say he gets involved in the attack and say a uh, halfback is on the 45 and Graham Brody's coming on the burst you can give it back to him then what, what I mean is what they're trying to prevent I think is, the, is that exact one when it's kicked it's, out yeah, and then e- just him straight back
0: but even from play right so you've got a corner back and he's in a bit of, under a bit of pressure in the corner and you've all, you've all manned up man to man and he just swings it across to the middle of the pitch where the goalkeeper's standing
2: yeah. do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
0: you would prefer to see the corner back having to get out of I that know, situation yeah, yeah. himself so you're right it's, it's probably not a, a really easy one to be honest with you, I think the pros outweigh the cons of the goalkeeper coming up, anyways. Who, can can yeah, answer? yeah,
2: <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
0: What's, the, well, yeah, what's, what's boat, it yeah. really adding to the yeah. game, anyways? There's enough players out the field, like, I mean, you know, like, I mean, you want the game to be progressive and move on. Yeah. I don't think you're losing a lot, no, 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 to be that. honest, there's only Nile Morgan, Graham Brody, really, that's great, and begging. That are anyway good or yeah. venture. Bregan doesn't usually inter county, doesn't. Uh, he doesn't won't be doing it after last year, I don't
2: think. <laughs> anyway,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, like, after all this good of John Horan's interview, then he's back to being kind of the PR man for Dublin and he just can't hide his colours when it comes down to Dublin. So, talk about deflecting and not answering a question. And I really want to get John on the show. I like, I mean, it's, going to be, it's not going to be easy to get him on. I've asked him already and he politely turned down for now. But I'll definitely try and get him on because he needs to be tied down on this. So, like, I mean, he's talking yesterday about people are offer- are, are operating. He, he basically played dumb as yeah, the GA yeah, president yeah. to the Dublin funding and how it all works. And this is an ex council chairman and this is a a GA president that has been coming under serious heat now Mm. for maybe two years on this funding issues and he's pretending he doesn't know how the whole thing works now that's a disgrace from the GA president and again we said it last week he's treating people like idiots Mm. and there's people out there who are not on top of these figures who are probably believing what he says you know and he's deflecting this so I want to pin him down on this and like I mean it was a round table thing um, that he got all these quotes for so it wasn't easy for the journalist maybe to pin him down but at the same time I would like to have seen him been pulled up on a couple of yeah. things because yeah. he says people are operating off global figures because Dublin's money comes or goes from Croke Park whereas most other counties in Leinster get their money from the province by going uh, by going from Croke Park to the province like i mean like that's true to a certain degree but at the same time it's so disproportionate at the national level from crow Park like to dif- to try and take the attention away yeah, from that yeah. huge disproportionate money by referencing some money that's not really disproport yeah. that disproportionate at all so we, we we know the Leinster Council does give games development money to the other eleven counties, I think it was something like five million to total now there's it, it mightn't total that completely, yeah which might be about four hundred and eighty per per county but Dublin Coaching Project from the Leinster Council gets exactly 239000 so it's about half of that so Dublin are still getting it from the yeah, Leinster yeah, Council yeah. and it's actually funny because John Horan was on top of all this because I spoke with him um, when he was Leinster Council Chairman on this very show and asked him why the Leinster Council had given Dublin 240000 on top of the disproportionate money they already received and here's what he said well, just to
2: let you know um this East Lancaster project is costing five hundred thousand, and um I brought that proposal to management in Crow Park and got it approved on part of the funding i i give you credit
0: I'd give you credit for that I give you credit for that, but the two hundred forty one let me let yeah let me finish out All right. part of that five
1: hundred thousand is being funded by taking two hundred thousand out of Dublin's coaching budget each year for the next three years. So, Dublin are surrendering 200,000
0: to that 500,000. And there's been no big squabble, no big row about or anything like that. And that to me is progress in terms of trying to redress the balance. So now we're in 2019 and the annual accounts of the Leinster Council showed in 2018 Dublin got 239,000. So that 200,000 is still being mm. given to them. See, this is what you're up against. Like, I mean, a lot of it is, like, that should be gone by now. If, yeah. if, if, if John Horne now John Horne's not still the Leinster Council chairman so he could argue if I still was, it would be, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it wouldn't be yeah, really given. Yeah. But like, I mean, I just can't, understand Here, here's what John Horne says I intend to get someone to just have a look at it and analyse it when are you gonna do that, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why haven't yeah. you done that already? And what are they going to show that is any different to what's
2: out there already? Yeah, but why why deflect? That's the thing. Why not just a, like nobody would have a problem with him admitting that there's a there's a massive gap in the finances between Dublin and the rest? But he seemed it, it's constant deflection, it's tr- constant like excuses to try and justify the clear inequality between Dublin Claim and the rest dumb. of the counties. Exactly. But why do that? Like there'd be no problem if he just admitted it. And again, it's it's him thinking with his Dublin hat on and having to be a bit defensive. But I just like even the I intend to get someone to have a look at it and you know it just I know it seems like lip service to me and that he hopes that it's going to go away that like if I, if I just if I say something that people stop asking me about it but the good thing is that people aren't going to stop asking no, me about it you no, know, it's so firmly he, on the agenda. He, and,
0: and him saying um, I intend to get someone to have a look and analyse it that's going to come back to bite him now because he's going to have to be held to that. Yeah, now. Yeah. When is this going to happen? When are you going to do an independent review because everybody says that the, or not everybody the numbers that are out there he's saying are not, are not showing the full picture. Show us the full yeah, picture yeah, then. Yeah. And you yeah, can do, exactly. completely show it and put this argument to bed. Like, and then he starts deflecting even worse. Said, well, I talked to Seamus Kenny and a Flanagan fella and they told me that actually per head of population, Mead get more than Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Now, ad, 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 an Egypt off Hill 16 that yeah. doesn't know much wouldn't come out with something of like course, that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's not good enough. So he's just, he's throwing that out. What, This Flanagan lad said to him, like nationally, as in this is gospel or whatever. So even if it was, this is the argument that everybody keeps talking about. If you want to talk of per head of population, right? Dublin have the population of a province, Mm. right? They have the funding of a province. So let's keep it head of population now. So you'll say, right, per head of population, they're getting less than mead. So why are they only fielding one team if they have the population of a Mm. province and they have the funding of a province. So if you want to use head of population, you're losing your battle because Dublin has to be split Then because then it's not fair having one team versus the same population, similar, with 11 teams. Yeah. So yeah. you can't keep per per head of population. You have to stay away from that if you're a dub. Yeah. So if, if you want to talk about per registered club player, which is fair because there's huge parts of Dublin that are soccer, huge parts that are, are rugby, etc., then if you're going by cl- registered club player, Dublin are destroying every other team, yeah, every other yeah. county. So what is it to be?
2: <laughs> maybe that's why he doesn't want to get into it too much, because if he does, you know, if he does give a proper analysis of the figures, he won't be able to escape the, the fact that Dublin maybe have to <laughs> have to split or maybe other counties have to amalgamate or something like that. But it's just, it's the deflection. It's the deflection. Yeah. That and the, the no,
0: it's the pl- I don't mind the deflection. The playing dumb for a, for yeah, a, a yeah, GA yeah, president. Yeah, yeah. And a GA president and a former Leinster Council chairman said, well, I think the Leinster Council might give the, I'm like, I'd have to look into it. Yeah. What, you, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. And then Tom Ryan said last year, he said, this is on this very same subject. He said, it's a tricky one. And it's one we've tried to give a fair bit of thought to over the course of the year. They're thinking about this all the time. Tom Ryan said to me on, on the show, he said, it, it's not an easy one to get right. They're, they understand this is, an, this is a problem. Yeah. And, th- and even in that interview I spoke with John Horne, he admitted to me that the dominance in Leinster is a huge problem. He won't admit that it has anything to do with massive money that was yeah. pumped into Dublin. Why? Now, maybe the argument is, oh, well, I don't want to take away from the achievements. And I can see that a little bit because there is a lot of volunteer work. Absolutely. But yeah. how can you not link all this money to this complete domination of the All-Ireland and of Leinster. yeah,
2: yeah. It, has yeah. it has to be linked. It has to be linked. I mean,
0: give me a break. Right, finish up on this one. Dear McConelly, um obviously didn't get out to America. So this is very unfortunate for dear McConnell and I'd say some weasel rang emigration and maybe tipped them off. Who knows what happened because I know I got trouble getting out before I dropped off the leash panel and when I landed to emigration I was told to stand aside and I was quizzed and searched and mm. I'd never been to America before And I knew somebody had rang them up to tell them I was going because like, obviously, I'd left Leash and it was high profile. I just can't understand the mentality of somebody who would do that. I was only 19. yeah. And like, I mean, they ended up finding the sanction in my pocket. (laughs) That's how green I was. I had a transfer form in my pocket. But, But Connolly, right, so he didn't get out. And they said there were some visa issues. Um, but the unfortunate thing for Connolly is it leaves him ineligible for football or hurling until the 27th of July because the sanction had been signed and or sanction had been granted. So, like, I mean, the last thing for him to do was to have headed out. Now, I, like, if this is somebody who's who's weaseled him out or squealed immigration or told him watch him coming through or I don't know, like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. He was out last year. Think of the money, Derm is after losing out on there now. That's that's. It's just sickening to think that that somebody could do that, and not only that is he can't play for his club, I know, yeah. and not only that, which I think is the biggest thing for his own mental health and his own head. Now he's stuck around Dublin watching Dublin potentially win five in a row. It's just wrong. If that's like, it's just lousy. Yeah. I, my heart goes out to Connolly that he couldn't just get out to Boston, enjoy the summer and get away from all that shit you know imagine him around Dublin now uh, of course f- yeah yeah. Oh, it, the, I, it, I, I feel terribly sorry for him
2: is there not some protocol in place that because Jeremy Connolly wasn't able to go to America that like he's his you know him being ele- ineligible to play club football could be lifted or something like that I, I don't I, think so I, I think know, signed not.
0: but in fairness the, the Dublin Championship is called off during the summer so he, he'll miss playing league games I, I think that's the least of his worries the club I think it's been stuck around Dublin Yeah, yeah. like yeah. he might go to London or something I wouldn't be surprised they're all heading to this new club in London. What is it called? There's another. Do you source? have any
2: contact to give Kaelin, phone numbers to? Kealan yeah,
0: Mooney's gone to this other club. Neeson Gales. Gales. that Jamie yeah.
2: Clark and Caner Harrison. Are at. What a what a what a line. Yeah. Mooney centre forward, the two lads inside. Neeson Gales.
0: Yeah. I'd say Connolly's rang by them already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. They must have some Abramovich after taking him over or something like that. But anyways, listen. We'll come back and we'll talk about the matches. He goes, if you boys are doing God's work, you can do whatever you want in the field. Kinda, for me that was a that was a free path. <laughs> so, so when you say Mickey takes it to another level, what will he be doing this week? An axe dagger the
1: rosary. <laughs> I
0: know you And I know that
1: you know, Tyrone or Queer Hawks in the final, and a hawk is a queer bird. We've
0: got Okay, the Galway versus Mayo match, Connor, is clearly the big one of the weekend. There's no doubt about that. Galway's league win this year was their seventh successive win over Mayo. That's an incredible statistic. Like, I mean, this is Galway knocking Mayo off their perch, who had been unbeaten in the province, and then inflicting a complete and utter dominance over them. You know, this isn't a Sligo or anything. This is Mayo that they've won consecutively. And they've done this through dropping deep, turning Mayo over frustrating Mayo Mm -hmm. and Mayo will break a line get through Galway and there's someone else they have to get to and then there's somebody else and there's about three different lines of defence they're all around the 45 or behind it and Mayo don't like breaking down a team like that
2: Yeah and I think that record that you're on about Mayo and Galway I think that stretches to underage I don't think Mayo have beaten Galway in any level in something like three years wow. something like that Yeah. So, and with that like at the start when, 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 when Galway shocked us in Castle Bar in 2016 we put it down to this is a one off did it again in 2017 we're still looking for excuses and then last year you just have to like, hold your hand up and admit that like, Galway have us they, they just have a number on us and there's like a, a serious hoodoo there that I'm pretty keen to put an end to but that's it like Galway have figured out how to play against Mayo and Mayo have shown no sign in any of their recent encounters no. of how of how to deal with it so like coming into this weekend it's not as if there's not enough evidence there of how Galway are going to play against you they're not going to change why would they change they're not going to change and like th- these victories might only been you know one point or two points a lot of the time but I like I remember being at them or watching them and thinking, "Oh, Galway have us here." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even if Mayo got back, I fancy Galway to get those extra couple of points. And they've tried so. different
0: things against Galway. Like I mean, in Castlebar under Rochford in his second year, they tried to go defensive and and yeah. beat them in a stalemate yeah. and end up Johnny Heaney late goal to catch them out that day. It's just whatever it is, Galway just have their number. And another thing in those real stalemate games. All way have Burke Comer, Walsh who can get scores out of nothing yeah, mayo don't have that mayo don't really have that mayo mayo kind of like a an more of an open disorganized game to, Big be able time, to yeah. and yeah. break through the lines and then they're true and their half back line attacks they don't seem to have. The, you know when Dublin might play Tyrone and they're dropping in and they'll have two lads on the outside and Culliken kenny will move it over and back shift it. You never see Mayo playing like no, that. No, Mayo no. don't have the patience for that kind of <laughs> it's stuff. It's like it's
2: too boring. Yeah, but you're right. Last year Ian Burke came on and completely changed the game in Casabar. Um, and 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 that's absolutely it. They have they have the they have Burke. They have Cormer. They have Shane Welsh. Whereas I, whereas Mayo's threat is likely to come from deeper, like coming from the half yeah. back there and come from midfield but Galway have that sussed out so that that's what thats what you need Like that's what we did when completely defensive but Mayo weren't used to that game plan I know no. we used to change game plans under Rochford a lot but they weren't used to that particular one and like Galway were I won't. Comfortable is the wrong word. Like the, the the game didn't change until Jim O'Connor got sent off and Ian Burke came on. But they are they're way more suited to playing that game. than Mayo are so if Mayo are going to, do, I don't think James Horn will be doing that this weekend. He'll have to come up with something something a little bit different. But it won't be it won't be to match Galway and what they do. No, I, I don't think so.
0: No, definitely not. And even like Mayo, you're talking about leaving their defence open. You demand Comer's back. I think Comer starts. Like this is a do or die. This is the first knockout game between Mayo and Galway since 1999. This is a huge game. I can't see how they'd leave Comer on the on the bench. He's played club games at this stage. You know, physically he's back right. It wasn't a muscle injury. It was an impact injury. So like, I mean, once he's over that, yeah, 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 he, yeah. somebody would have to stand on his foot exactly and if the bones healed or whatever, he, he has to start. So him and Burke will start inside with Shane Walsh out in front of him. You'd imagine. Now Shane Walsh, depending on who he's marking, will end up back in the defence and he'll end up, but he'll try to be the link man, a, bit, a little bit like Roscommon. Yeah. And that's a better front tree than Roscommon's front tree. Mayo left it wide open for them. You'd imagine Colin Boyle would try and cover that off um, to some extent, but they have to worry about um, Michael Daly, they have Johnny Heaney, Brannigan's back. Galloway yeah. have a lot of ways, you know, Cook could be back in midfield, uh, can rise back.
2: Like on paper what? Yeah on paper I was trying to work out Who's going to mark who I suppose Like on paper They are they're, they're Like the six forwards That are going to start for Galway Like they're, they're brilliant Like you know But it's just The only thing that I'm thinking Is they're not Only a few of them are in form I think Heaney's like, not in form, Rannigan's, on form. Not Rannigan's not in form, form. Michael Daly, I thought was good he's against uh, Roscommon Yeah, Ian Burke was marked out of it. Actually, first time yeah. I've ever seen Ian Burke yeah. Burke being marked out of the game, uh, and especially given the damage that he's done against Mayo in the past. But but just on that, like I'm, uh, I'm trying to think because Lee Keegan would have been a perfect match for Shane Welsh. He's done it before. They, yeah. They've had good battles. Like Shane Welsh has, has done okay he's, on he him. He has. Uh, like of all of all players to do well on, on Lee Keegan. So Shane Durkin Welsh well. picks up Walsh now, right? He, uh-huh? I, I'm I'm that that was my initial thought and now I'm thinking somebody has to come in for Lee Keegan. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but Vaughan I ha- will come in wing back. No, I think he'll come in midfield. I think he'll come in midfield instead of Michael Murray and play right. alongside Eden O'Shea. So if uh, the other option is for Stephen Cohen to come in to do purely to do a man marking job and Shea Welsh, he can do it. He's not as good as Lee Keegan, obviously. No, not many people are. But that's I I I thought about maybe Durkin going on Shea and Welsh, but now I'm kind of more. I think he's done it before but I think what Shane Wells should do with Paddy Durkin is bring him inside frustrate him a little bit whereas if Stephen Cohen marks him that's, that's all he's there to do he's not looking to get forward and kick points or anything like that Yeah.
0: so did Barrett mark Comer the last time I think he did, he did surprisingly because yeah. you would have yeah. thought Harrison was the man for him so Harrison's hardly going to mark Burke then you know? I think
2: Harrison was injured uh, when Mayo played Galway in uh, not in the league in in the championship uh, in 2018 yeah. ah, well then. Yeah, okay. I think that's why but Chris, Chris Barrett was, was kind of seen as the man for Emmanuel because I, like Brendan Harrison's is prob- probably bigger than Chris Barrett, but Chris Barrett is more physical um, than, than Brendan Harrison. So I was thinking, uh, looking at the next day, I thought he might actually take uh, Ian Burke. Um, but then if Damien Comer is in, and th- there's so many, so many, th- like, far forwards are physical as well, apart from Ian Burke. Yeah. They're really big. Do you think men. Comer's going to start? I, d- I don't know how I'm much club football it, he's played, I'm but. I'm like it it, that he has to start. If he's involved, I, I'm thinking the same as you. Why not? Like, do you know, this is knockout, this is all or nothing. Like, why why have regrets afterwards for only bringing him on for 20 minutes when you could have started him so yeah. I, I'd say I'd say that'd be the way and then then if, if you're worried about him potentially being injured you run the risk of using the sub to bring him on and then oh, he yeah. gets injured and then you have to use another sub to bring him off so I, I would say he starts yeah.
0: that's, the, that's the oldest one isn't it so like I mean you lose a sub by trying someone who's injured but anyways he's this is a broken bone he's back right you know mm. like I mean that's it he wouldn't be playing club if he wasn't back right you know Malloy is back as well and he has to start wing back he might add a, an extra dimension to Galway Galway's play because Galway funnily enough like I mean they've gone off the, everybody's radar they were very good in the first half against Roscommon and, and, yeah. and just surprising they didn't seem to have any leaders or anything like I mean I think Flynn and Ocorine are a disaster together they've never done well for Galway when they're in midfield together because I, I think the two of them are a little bit soft mm. and I don't think they have that combative nature I think Cook was only back from injury I think he'll start midfield Duggan could be back Conroy is back playing club Galway have more options now like I mean McDade is back um, potential for the half back line, you know. Like I mean, geez. To be honest, I think Galway are in a much better uh, position than Mayo. Like I mean, everyone says coming through the qualifiers you have a momentum, but I think the injuries have offset Mayo's momentum. Yeah. I think I think they have taken the wind out of Mayo's sails. Like when you look at who they've lost, um, O'Connor, Keegan. Daugherty's a doubt mm. Dermot O'Connor's gone now he didn't get injured during the qualifiers but like I mean Matty Ruan as well Ruan is yeah. gone as well like I mean Keegan's just such a kick in the arse for Mayo like I mean Huge. I see Mayo in the same position as they were coming up to Newbridge or Noher last year I see them dead men walking ready to be taken out
2: I suppose the only thing is that Killer had such momentum you know, because of that new bridge and over last year. Whereas Galway the, don't have that. My, my, hope for the, my hope for the weekend is that like Galway were very good in the first half against First Common. They were shocking in the second half against First Common. As you said, uh, there's a lack of leaders there. I don't think Galway have been right this year yet at all. No. I think like the last couple of years they've actually been playing better. Now, I, I, I'd agree with you. I just think that like, when, when, when we talk about Mayo having momentum through the qualifiers there's elements of like relentless optimist, and, optimist in Mayo kind of clutching a little bit saying that like we're we're looking for any reason possible for for Mayo to be able to be going i still think we can by the way but if you're looking at it kind of realistically and more analytically just like if i was to pick one player that would not be missing for Mayo it'd be Lee Keegan and then after, like Jason Doherty, probably wouldn't be far behind. German O'Connor, do you know, these are ma- absolutely massive players. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And Mayo, like they can't, they they have a strong enough squad, but they really can't afford to be losing 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 lads like this. So, um, I like I, I I'm pretty sure Lee Keegan is out. I'm not sure with Doherty, but um, I, it's hard to get away from that 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 interpretation that they we're, we're dead men walking.
0: Yeah, no, like I mean, and like I mean, I read a stat from Eamon Donahue in the Irish Times today, and he said, in the seven wins in a row. That Galway have had over Mayo, um, Galway have conceded just an average of six points from play. Like yeah. I mean, and twelve points per match. That really surprised total. me when
2: you said it. Yeah, yeah. And that's
0: league and championship. Like these aren't. Like I mean, it's just incredible how they're able to restrict Mayo. Yeah, and they're getting in Mayo's faces. And like I mean, for the first two or th- one or two years, this really pissed Mayo off because yeah. Mayo, Mayo didn't respect Galway at all. And now suddenly they're in their faces. They're trash talking them and they're they're frustrating them. I think Mayo will respect Galway now but at the same time they still find it very difficult to get through this this uh you know really defensive system mm. and the fact that Galway when they break Comer, Burke or Walsh can do something special where Mayo team Mayo forwards struggle to do something special
2: yeah, like if if there's one thing for Mayo not to do against Galway the next day, get somebody sent off. I think in all the big games that Mayo played, it maybe, been, maybe yeah. Bart Oh, did Cullen Boyle get sent off? No, he he did a he he slapped Shane Welsh in the face. I think towards the end of the league, giving him a handy free, and then last year in the league, Killian got sent off. That's that that's an interesting thing actually. The next day, if Killian O'Connor plays, Owen Curran and himself have history. Uh, Killian got sent off for lashing out at him and I think German got sent off for lashing out at Own Kern in the same game in the league so he as we that. know he knows well how to get under people's well, skin Kern is a torch or something so that's so yeah Mayo have to keep the discipline because in, in, in well in big games particularly but uh, especially against Galway the last few years lost men and, and kind of felt the, felt felt the impact but uh, no I, I it like it pains me to say that I, I can't disagree with what you're saying about the, 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 the way that Galway set up my only my only thing is that I think depending on how fit Duggan is and depending on, depending on how fit Cook is I think Galway can be got at in, in midfield. I think Edna Shea is playing particularly well. He's only OK against Armad, but he's had a really good season. So if there's a platform there and even without Keegan we're still strong enough around the middle eight especially if we bring Kevin Glockland back from Corner forward, he'll definitely start the next day after coming on. You'd imagine, you
0: imagine uh, McLaughlin's going to start in thirteen. You imagine he's going to drift, and you imagine Killian, O'Connor, and Cohen are going to be left inside. Would that be right? I think Andy will start
2: as well. You think might start? because well, I d- like depending on it depends on Jason Doherty. But if Jason Doherty isn't fit, what I what I would like to happen, whether it'll happen or not, is for Kevin McLaughlin to come out wing forward. So you have McDonough, Loftus, and Kevin McLaughlin, and then you've Killian, Andy, and Darren Cohen inside. Right. So, so three
0: men uh, you're playing but, three men. But, yeah, uh, well, like a, a variation None of them are drifting though, no, are they?
2: no, a variation of the three So, well, that would, that would require a lot of No, Theo McDonough and Kevin McLaughlin Definitely are up for it But a, a variation of the three inside Um, Unless unless he sticks with Kieran Tracy And then, like, has either Andy or Killian to bring on But no more than Damien Comer If, like, Killian's back now Like, what do you lose by starting? Oh, Connor has to start I'm thinking
0: more in my... D- m- my be no harm bringing him on as a sub. You yeah, know? Yeah. Against those defensive systems in the first half, you're not going to get too much change anyway. And then he's under pressure. Am I going to get taken off again? You yeah. know, you're living off kind of scraps. Whereas if he could come on, get a huge cheer from the crowd, you know, you might... Yeah, l- true, might be less pressure. It might be less pressure on him. Did work nothing...
2: against Roscommon is the only thing to try No, that. well, the,
0: no well, that's true. Although he, yeah. has the, he has the ability in other games to actually yeah, no, on, he does, not definitely. have a face on him, you know, and try and... Uh, and try and affect it yeah it's, it's definitely going to be interesting I thought your man Murray battled well the other day I didn't think he was that bad oh, at no, all oh no
2: no You see, he was quite good like, he, I think he had a couple of turnovers just before he came off but, and that, yeah. like, that game will bring him on that game will bring him on a ton that was his first competitive game for Mayo like, you know, and he did, he did fine against a really physical Armagh team yeah. uh, but that was the problem with like Mayo had a ridiculous amount of turnovers uh, on Saturday I think he and Fionn McDonough who had a great start to the game um, and, and played well kind of throughout but himself and Mikey Murray I thought were particularly culpable for bringing the ball into tackle and it was, it was, it was pure it was pure kind of youthful enthusiasm they saw a gap and they went for it but like Armagh were too streetwise so and you can't do that against Galway absolutely can't do that against Galway They're the worst, they'd be the worst team to do it against yeah
0: no definitely so Shane Walsh we I'm thinking is going to play in front of the two lads inside but then again considering Galway want to really pack that defence you'd imagine Shane Walsh is going to be back plugging holes as well and it's just going to be Homer and Burke left inside uh, potentially at times just Ian Burke on his own do you know yeah, what I mean because like, yeah, I mean, yeah. while, while I completely disagree with Galway playing that defensively it does make sense to do it against me because it has worked before. And yeah. we, we, we had a Sean Armstrong on the live show in Roscommon and he was saying Ian Burke and training is constantly calling lads back to say, here, listen, Heard him say you know, that. Yeah. yeah. which I yeah. thought was a great insight into how Galway set up. Galway, a lot of the time, don't necessarily want to bring that many men back behind the ball. We know defenders can drag you out of there even if you don't want yeah. to. Yeah. But I think Galway on, on this occasion
2: probably will go back and put players into zones. I think so, yeah, but like you mentioned there, like with Shane Welsh coming back. I if, if I'm a defensive team like that, I either want Shane Welsh to be my first outlet, um, for somebody to kick to, or you want him to be the ball carrier to to carry it yeah. forty or fifty yards and then get into position to be able to hit Comer and Burke if they're inside. But that like when you say about Ian Burke, like Ian Burke is so good when he needs people around him to be as as good as he is, because he's the best hands in in like he's the best hands of any forward that, that 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 I know. Anyway, but I just on that then I think that uh, I think that because the way Galway is set up, it'll lend itself to Cullen Boyle probably sweeping in front of the two of them and he, he did that really well the last day yeah no
0: he's well able to do that the only thing is like is one enough when they break like Mayo yeah. may need to be very smart on this counter attack because the counter attack will come and it'll come with Walsh and it'll come with Brannigan and it'll come with uh, Michael Daly and it'll come with these fellas and Mayo need to be very very sharp on that you know because like I mean that's what that's what Galway
2: are going to try and live off and and like when when Armagh did it last day I thought that once Armagh Mayo did a high press but once Armagh were able to get over that and they did it quite frequently Mayo were so open and especially in the first half when um, Rory Guggan kind of was, was hanging around the 40 the amount of space in front of that. Like, Mayo's full back line aren't playing particularly well at the moment, but like, they're not being helped. They like the amount of space there and they're, they're, they're being left one on one and isolated but really good forwards. That's the so thing. That's but it was early in that game, right? So, Grugen was flying it for the yeah. first
0: quarter because Armagh were dominating midfield and the ball was going long, so everyone's in position, you know? Then yeah. Mayo started going short and the game became broken and Grugen wasn't getting the supply from midfield, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, like, I mean, the midfield battle is massive. Lavelle isn't the best man of kicking out the ball in the world so Mayo's press I think a lot of these kickouts are going to go to midfield you know so it's going to be it's going to be like a traditional battle potentially in midfield and the midfield battle from those kickouts when Galway are out of position dare to the set plays like yeah, they will. Yeah. they've yeah, become true, so yeah. important haven't yeah. they
2: yeah but Galway use like uh, Galway use a very traditional uh kind of tactic from for, for goal kicks and I haven't seen them I, I always see them go to they literally just put a load of big men on one side on of the pitch on one wing yeah under, under the, on, like just right on the sideline and then they cram it with bodies and they use it all the time yeah. it's like their go-to yeah. and, and they went to it particularly against um, Ross Common, I think Lavelle had a couple of poor ones um, But, it's, that, a but g- that's it's
0: a weird tactic because it was actually in Salt Hill for the Monaghan match and I saw this first hand it was on the terrace right in front so as the two midfielders went yeah. and it's not even a midfielder; it's around a 45 yeah, at the yeah, wing yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I was thinking what's the tactic here so the ball would float out and then sometimes the two of them would jump together <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. you know I think the tactic is to win it there and immediately there's a runner inside so a minute a hand pass goes in field, and you're kind of away like Pretty that's, much, yeah. that's it's what very they want basic, to do like, yeah, it's very yeah. basic it doesn't always work out like I mean I, you know yeah. I didn't see too much tactics around getting the break yeah, it seemed yeah. to be around the midf- Tom Flynn winning it then giving it inside and somebody's away yeah, again
2: yeah yeah and actually what disappointed me about Mayo uh, against Armad was I thought we were quite poor in the breaks and Mayo are normally very good on the breaks. Um Jason Doherty can be can be really good at picking up and the half backs as well, but I thought Armad dominated that, especially as you say, in the first twenty minutes when they had that platform to give Rory Grugan the ball and load the space inside. So um I I'd imagine that'll be look 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 there be James Horn will be focusing on that particularly this week. And that's just another reason for me to bring Kevin McLaughlin out as opposed to playing on the because I think he's really good at picking up loose ball too
0: yeah no I think that's the, that's the role for him anyways and and especially against Galloway You're not, you are not you really want just finishers in there against Galloway where yeah. they could come on a loop and Cohen and O'Connor can both come on a loop they're the type of finishers you want because ball winners aren't going to get the yeah. kick pass yeah, yeah, so exactly, Moran yeah. and McLaughlin aren't really your men it's loop, it's it's loop and finishes, yeah, which yeah, Cohen yeah. and O'Connor are. So there's a positive for you, Connor. Before we finish, <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> I need at least one. All right, we'll come back with Paddy Power predictions. Hit her like a train on
2: a I don't really know Jim anymore. Me and him were like best friends when when we played. You know, he's seen the light of Jesus and. Uh, I'm still, like fighting the devil. You know?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the dog days are over, the dog days are done. The are coming, so you
0: better run. Run Paddy Power Predictions. So will we just get the Galway Mayo prediction out the way? Galway are six to five according to Paddy Power, and Mayo are ten to eleven, slight
2: favourites. I'm going for a Galway win here, Connor. I know you're not going to agree with me. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Despite all my negativity, <laughs> before I just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just. They have it in them. I'm just hoping for a massive performance, We're, like Galway our old one. I think if we win it, no, like in typical Mayo style, we'll crawl over the line. So I'll, I'll give it to us by a point.
0: Yeah. Okay. Listen, the other game, next game, I want to look at is Cork and Leash. Cork are eight to fifteen, very strong favourites against Leash who are twenty-one to ten. Leash have that great momentum. Obviously, Cork have a little bit of mem- momentum themselves, even yeah, though they a lost. Strange form of momentum. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird one. Like, I mean, redeemed themselves, have a bit of respect after the Munster final. i still don't think they're two to one or they're, they're one to two favourites, yeah, and Leash are two to one outsiders. I think these are actually two very evenly matched teams.
2: I I know I I might be giving the slider edge to Cork but again I think that uh, I think that the 2 to 1 is is very generous and then you have to weigh up like how how good were Kerry in that game against Cork I mean like they they like they they played in patches but definitely not up to their best but the I I I do think Cork will as I said it's a strange form of momentum but like I think they will be feeling good about themselves after the Kerry game and I think they'll be able to bring that I'd be Again, I do think the odds are too generous, but I would be fancying Cork.
0: Yeah, so the Cork have made two changes. Thomas Clancy and Kevin O'Driscoll have come in place of Tom Clancy and Paul Kerrigan. Paul Kerrigan struggled throughout that Munster final. Like, I mean, he to be honest, he looks like he's carrying a bit of weight. Um, he definitely doesn't look as fit as he used to be now. He's into his 30s, so, mm. like, I mean, I, I like, this is the thing. I think that, obviously, Cork's full forward line might be their strongest line on the field. Luke Connolly, Brian Hurley, Mark Collins, that's where leash yeah, are going yeah. to be under pressure. Uh, Stephen Atroyd will box off on Hurley, I'm sure. he would be a physical matchup for him. Garrett Dillon on Collins and Dennis Booth will probably pick up Luke Connolly. If they can kind of break even with those lads You imagine Robbie Piggott who's a, a bit of a dogger mm. he'll take up uh, Rory Dean who's a bit of a, a has a great bit of fire in his belly expect absolute fireworks between Robbie Piggott <laughs> and Rory <laughs> yeah. Dean because that, they're both that type of player that uh, Piggott won't leave him alone and Dean won't stand for
2: it basically is how D- D- Dean just doesn't stop basically no, yeah, no, yeah, he's, uh, a, he's a great bit of stuff he's
0: an outstanding bit of stuff yeah. I think he'd get on any, any team in the country I still think that uh, Cork's full back line could struggle with Colin Murphy I with think so, Tony yeah, Kingston yeah. with Paul Kingston this is why I kind of think I look down through both teams like I think Leash have a slight edge in midfield Ian Maguire uh, Killian O'Hanlon Killian O'Hanlon obviously likes to bomb forward but so does John O'Loughlin and Kieran Lillis is as solid as to come he'll probably box off on Ian Maguire and O'Loughlin will have one of these old, I go forward, you go forward, potentially <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. battles with O'Hanlon. I do think that, the, like, I, I maybe agree with you and say that Cork could have a slight edge, um, but at the same time, there's definitely not going to be too much in it. And I think it was Mark White, the Cork goalkeeper, saying, Looking at Leash, we've identified their point taking ability from long range. They have the Kingston brothers inside, and their backline is well able to carry ball as well. Well, Donny Kingston has been playing outside, but mm. I suppose he's, he can drift in. Colin Murphy's been playing very well. Um, he's been playing very well inside so like I mean Paul Kingston Colum Murphy depends whether Ross Money plays or not maybe it's a, a game to bring back in Evan O'Carroll
2: Evan O'Carroll He doesn't seem keen on playing the, the playing himself two them no to, yeah, he, together, he played so. the two of
0: them against Derry and then and now it's Evan O'Carroll who seems to be um, losing out you know yeah. so he, came, like,
2: he kicked a couple of points when he came on didn't he against uh, Offaly I think, Evan O'Carroll
0: did he? Evan O'Carroll, two, yeah, two yeah. late points, yeah. yeah. So it, like his attitude has been very good despite the fact of being dropped. Tony Kingston's attitude has been very good after being dropped as well which John Sugru deserves an awful lot of credit. Like this this is a, a manager who, a rookie manager who took over Leash who had been relegated to Division 4. An ageing squad mm. backbone by the old three minors who are fecking well into their 30s at this stage. And he's got to the last 12 the last two years, which is a huge achievement for a, to bring a Division 4 team to the last 12. They performed really well against Monaghan last year. Mm. And I, I expect them to perform really well against Cork um, this weekend, so and he's got them from Division Four to Division Two. Like it shouldn't be underestimated. shouldn't yeah. be underestimated, and he's brought new players into the into the squad. The whole back, backline: Trevor Collins, Robbie Piggott and Young Sullivan. They're all they're all new. Um, Garrett Dillon is new. He's bringing in new players like I mean Martin Scully is new, Colin Murphy's new. He's re energized the whole yeah, you'd squad. Turn over too, yeah. He's picking yeah. he's picking the leash team not on reputations, not on past glories. He's picking him on form and training and attitude. And he the whole atmosphere around that camp is a positive one. Mm. And they respect Sugru, they fear him a little bit. He can but be a th- he can be a tick so and so when he wants to be but like I mean managers are like that and he commands respect and I, I definitely shouldn't be shouldn't be underestimated how well he's done I wouldn't be surprised
2: in any way if Leash beat, Leash beat Cork I wouldn't be surprised and I, I do agree with you you'd, you'd be leaning towards yeah. Cork Were you not saying that like you would not fear for Leash if they got to the Super 8s but would it be the right stage for their, their development at this stage to be you know exposed to those sorts of teams where they might like you know not, not to say that they would but they might say like Roscommon last year be exposed to a Yeah well of that's that's the fear or, yeah. but then
0: again like I mean you can't have that attitude either uh, 100% like, you're better yeah. off get into it get Absolutely. hammered and this is the gas thing and you see quotes from Enda Smith this week and he's learned from last year yeah, of course. So if you don't get into it, you're not yeah, going to yeah, learn. Yeah, 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 so you yeah. might take hammerings, but then you'd be like, "Should we change things up? Should we be more flexible tactically? Yeah. Was our strength and condition up to scratch? Mm. It didn't look like it was. Let's do something different there. Let's change our strength. What, you know?
2: It'll, you don't learn yeah, unless you're you questions teams. To yourself. You wouldn't ask otherwise. Exactly. If you weren't there. Exactly. Yeah. If
0: you just live in Division Three and Four, you're never going to, you know. And that that's the big thing, even in the hurling, where a lot of the Joe McDonough teams, they're good at that level but they'll never know until they play the big teams where yeah, they're yeah. actually at in the bigger scheme of things even a hammer I think you learn from a hammering and that's it so we'll get predictions you fancy Cork in this one
2: close win yeah I'd say less than 3 I think
0: for cork. I'll go slightly uh, look I'm listen I think this is a 50-50 I wouldn't be one bit surprised if Leash won it so that's what I said before Derry and I went for Leash. so I'll go for Leash. <laughs> I'll go for Leash again Cavan and Tyrone is on 5 o'clock Sky have done very well they've got the Cavan, Tyrone, Mayo, Galway double header um, an RT who are left with Mead Clare on, yeah. on the Sunday yeah. which I'm sure they're not too happy with um, so Cavan and Tyrone Cavan are 3-10 to 10, according to Paddy Power Tyrone 7-2 to 2. handicap here is 4 and that's what I'm looking at in this I, yeah, I, 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 I fancy I, I, Tyrone very very strongly oh, to beat that handicap oh yeah, yeah oh, big time Yeah, to I, win I, it I, and yeah. even to beat the 4
2: yeah, I think they beat the four too. I think they just have the momentum. Tyrone are a, Tyrone are a brilliant qualifier too. I didn't realize until I was just checking. Uh, Carol Kane actually did a really good piece in the um, Irish News about Tyrone kind of going back to their their original style. But ten wins from ten qualifiers um, yeah. since 2015, and some of the scores that they rack up, like there's they had a five eighteen, four twenty four, three twenty, two twenty two last weekend. No team apart from Dublin is better at steamrolling teams that are like inferior to them than yeah. Tyrone. It's only when they come up against the really top teams that they begin to struggle. I think
0: Tyrone's strength and conditioning is way ahead of lower
2: level teams and they yeah. physically blow them away. Yeah, well. You saw yeah.
0: Matty Donnelly just brushing past Kildare players like so they weren't there. So easily, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And I think, like, Cavan had a decent year, some great performances against Armagh. I think Donegal probably showed them up to the level where they are. And I think I, I'd agree with you I think uh, thrown by more than four uh, Yeah Because that was a four weekend. point
0: Hammering against Donegal Let's be honest There was a late goal Included in that as well yeah. uh, Niall Morgan got 20 Kickouts against Kille And he won 19 of them I think he won all 9 In the first half And won 10 out of 11 okay. In the second half So Kavan are Going to have to do Something like that He's so fast back Back out and he's putting them everywhere yeah, like I mean yeah, he's yeah. he's going short to the centre back he's going now Kildare's intensity was pretty much dis- bordering on disgraceful in that game <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. you know it just was they yeah. never got hands on like Keane and Neil said they died with their boots on I didn't see evidence of that in a lot of their play you know like I mean they, they just kind of it was just so easy for Lone. surely Cavan will be up for it a bit more than that um, the analysis from Cavan after the Donegal game on this show was that Cavan were a little bit conservative. They played um, Smith as a corner forward, brought him back, and played yeah. in, played five forwards. And they hadn't been doing that, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, Mickey Graham approaches this one. I think they should just go for this one. And like, I mean, they have good players, and they can put it up to Tyrone. But you won't beat Tyrone just trying to contain them. Like you'll no. never beat any team no, trying no, no, to contain no. them. Like the the attitude has to be has to change. While you obviously. Uh, you know, have to be concerned about the opposition, you should focus really pretty much on your own game. Now, yeah. there's one or two players from the opposition has to be shut down but don't change the way you've been playing well all year just for you know just for somebody else
2: yeah but Kevin regretted that their, their approach like nearly immediately the in the ultra final time, and like yeah. I think that they scored 2-11 in the second half and I think that's a misnomer because uh, all eased off towards the end as you said it was a four point hammer and like so like I, I'm not saying that like the, the, the change in approach was directly responsible for, for that tally let's say but like they were far better when they when they went back to a more kind of attacking approach than they had adopted earlier on I think they'll do that again be wary of getting sucked in by Tyrone that's like what thrown do really well is just as you said they're so physical they they butt they the bodies back there they eat them alive and then they break in the counter attack yeah. so Kevin have to stop that from happening they do. and I, I, I like tactical rabbits out of a hat there's no one likes
0: that but I'm not going to sacrifice a forward when my forward unit probably needed the extra bodies yeah, yeah. you know and like you can't the tactical switch you make can't change your game plan all that much I can't mess your forward line up that much so I think that yeah. potentially was a mistake but surprising the opposition with tactics you know it's, it's hard to be critical of Mickey Graham because he tried something of course you know yeah, and yeah, like I mean yeah. it didn't work and he changed it at half time I just when are managers going to surprise the opposition with something offensive instead of the <laughs> defensive, <laughs> defensive one that's yeah, probably yeah. the issue I have with it
2: yeah same as so what do,
0: you, what do you fancy here
2: uh thrown by more than
0: four yeah, yeah. I go thrown by more than four as well probably in the last 15 minutes mm. uh where they'll pull they'll pull away so what have we got left Mead and Clare in Amour Park I'm going to this one so I'm going to the Gaelic grounds and I'm going to O'Moore Park and I'm going to watch me, Clare, and I'm going to watch Leash uh, beat Dublin in the hurling. <laughs> and I'm going to land in here in grey form on Monday. So this is, this is a funny one, right? So go, let's go on the stats. Clare have only beaten Mead once in their history. This is a bogey team for Clare. So the last three, round, last three years of the league, uh, Mead hammered them 319 to 113 in Ennis. Then they hammered them 21 points to 7 in Navin. Oh and then in the league this year, they beat them 112 to seven down in Ennis. And like I said, they've only ever beaten me once in their history. Now, some other stats to give you something on to be positive from the clear side. The quali- since the qualifiers were introduced by the GA in 2001 in 18 years since only four Leinster counties, counties have managed to recover from losing a provincial final and win their game in the qualifiers so I don't know what way to look at this hmm. um, obviously Leinster counties haven't been massively strong recent years so that statistic might not They're be coming off hammerings from coming Dublin off, being destroyed week, by Dublin you know a lot if, of the time if you look at Leash last year like they were beaten by Dublin hammered and then drew Monaghan so like that's not very fair to say you know they they're draw this is a favorable draw for mead in that they've come off a hammering and it's a it's a game that they're capable of winning,
2: if you know what I mean'
0: it's not a Tyrone
2: if yeah. it was a Tyrone you're giving me no chance. and it's the, it's the best draw they could have got, you know and like for like to be fair uh, to be fair to me, like al- although they were like pretty terrible at times against Dublin, there were elements of it that I think they can use as a positive, like their shooting was terrible, but at least they were able to shoot against Dublin, whereas a lot of teams just don't get the chances in the first yeah. place. and the first and their half the defending was excellent I against the Dublin. first half, their full back line was it was textbook stuff, um, the name of the full is case me. Briefly. Migueli, Miguel, oh, he was brilliant in the first ten or fifteen minutes, and there was ball raining down on him as well, and he had the beating. I think it was Cormacoslo. Um So there was there was a lot there was there was a lot kind of there was a lot of positives in, in as many positives as you can take when you're beaten by one seventeen to four points. But I think uh, I like I, I hadn't known that stat about uh, Claire having such a terrible record against Mead. I would have fancied him anyway. But the fact that they seem to have their number just, just kind of backs that up a bit more.
0: You'd have fancied Mead anyway. I right? think so, so, yeah. Mead are 8-15, yeah. the same betting as Leash and Cork. Clear 21-10, to 10, which has to be said, it's a fantastic uh, price on Claire. I thought that like, too because this for me this is a 50-50 game I'm going to go for a draw here I'm going to sit on the fence I think we haven't had one go to extra time yet have we?
2: Oh, Surely we'll get one this week if I was the back one it'd be Mayo Galway but no I don't think we I, I
0: think, think me and Clare will be the one that goes to extra time I think um, that's fair I think in my Paddy Power Accumulator I went Claire plus two so fancy um, with two points Clare should be I think this
2: one will go right down to the wire Mead and Clare it'll be a really close game that on the handicap actually that, that's, uh, I fancy Mead narrowly but like the, I think those odds are very generous for our uh, bit harsh on Clare they are outside of 2-1 to one. Yeah, and the def- handicap is two points the yeah,
1: handicap that's, is two points Yeah,
2: yeah that, that, I'd be looking at that but Mead's just come out on top extra time isn't a bad shout actually yeah. maybe even penalties <laughs> wouldn't that be fantastic <laughs> especially because I'll be at it right Connor. we'll leave it there up next is Joe from Paddy Power
0: How's it going? Good thanks Colin So we want to start on my accumulator and
1: I'm on a roll here well, yeah, roll of one, but uh, <laughs> yeah, at least you're, you're rolling anyway. You're starting. Listen,
0: this this is when the championship heats up. This is when I come into my own. Right? Yeah, exactly. So
1: no more shadow boxing like the like the hurling and that. Now you're you're really on board. But yeah, so we we had the win last week with the the four teams to win. It was it was price six to one to be pushed out to eight to one. So ho- hopefully a few people got on it, uh, which is well. But that, at least that money there, we've got four hundred and fifty into the kitty off the back of that into uh, for, for the for the total. At the end of the year to go to Samaritans. Very so good. Fa- so fair play to you. Congratulations. So Samaritans,
0: are, Samaritans are getting something and they don't need your charity by just giving it to them anyway. So what's the accumulator
1: this week then? Uh, So yeah, this week you're backing some of the handicaps here as well but we have uh, Clare plus 2 Tyrone minus 4 Cork to win and Galway to win that was 12-1 to and we've pair priced that up to 16-1 to now so we've 16-1 to for those four results to come in together.
0: Okay, very good, so let's see how that goes, I might get two in a row although when I'm sticking in handicaps I should have just stuck to the the straight up wins which worked for me last and week your, your
1: confidence up the tails are <laughs> up so
0: right so money back specials as usual
1: yeah the, the losing first goal first goals scorer bet if he scores any time it's uh, played in on the sting a bit as well but it's, uh, so the, tr- the games this weekend Throne v. Cavan Galway v. Mayo and Mead versus Clare are all on TV so if your first goal scorer doesn't score first but he gets goal any time you get your money back as a stake yeah okay
0: and then you have some other specials What what Odds Paddy
1: yeah so these are the hashtag the What Odds Paddy that come in online that we get a few different requests for it, so there's some interesting enough ones this week. And um, across the football, there's, there's a whole load of them on site that you can go and have a look at. But I've just picked out a few that might be worth um, might be worth having a few quid on. So the first one there is any football qualifier to end in a draw, yeah, is, is nine to four. And I think three of those games look like they're nearly coin tosses. So I mean, it gives you a good little spread. And yeah, uh, getting the nine to four on it could be a good one, and it just gives you a bit of interest then over the weekend and in the tight games that are coming in. Uh, and then just looking at some of the others there. there's any football qual- football qualifier match even to go to penalties is 50 to 1 so the, the kind of off the back of the fan seem to get a draw if one of them was to go all the way to penalties it would certainly be a, a fairly novel event and that's 50 to 1 all football teams to score 14 points or more and that includes goals so their overall total if they score 111 it's 14 that's 3 to 1 and it should be a good good yeah. weekend of weather and there's a lot of the pitches pitches are kind of more open open pitches IMO finding kind of the the regular provincial ground so that that's definitely one that I think would be worth having a look at and then finally just there a black card to be awarded in all four of the football games is 4 to 1 I mean we've seen a lot of soft blacks this year we saw Heslin last weekend and I think Peter Hart got a very very soft one against Tony and that as well so if there's a if there's a few more soft ones going this weekend, that's a black card in all and all four of the games, four to one. Yeah, I like the
0: penalties one fifty to one because like I mean you're getting great odds there, and for a draw it's nine to four. So you're getting a huge increase in price just for the extra time period, or oh, the two extra time periods.
1: Yeah, it's still it's, but that it's kind of reflecting in the odds being fifty to one. But if you're someone that's just out there likes to have a have their small few quid just for a, a long shot, that could be one. This two euro each it. way. Yeah, well, let's say you four games and only one of them has to come off. You don't even have to pick one of them. So, uh, it might be worth a little nibble? Yeah, exactly. So
0: Tyrone Cavan. Then, so we've we've already called out. The odds here in Paddy Power predictions that Tyrone are three to ten and Cavan are seven to two, and the handicap is four. Which myself and Connor both think Tyrone are going to beat.
1: Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you. To be honest with you, I'd, I'd love to see Cavan pull off a shock. Having a lot of friends and family up there now, but um, I, I think the way t- like Tyrone were just they weren't even. I didn't even think they were that good last weekend it was bizarre like they're just like that in the qualifiers they just yeah. grind teams down teams don't want to meet them they they just get on such a roll and, and I think that's the way Tyrone are looking at the moment I mean I think Cavan I'd say we're praying for anybody but bloody Tyrone last weekend where Iron they Monday went for a draw that was the last thing they wanted they're back playing another Ulster game they managed to get to the final this year and I think yeah I, I think they'll struggle to uh, to even get get in on the handicap so what i put in there is toronto to win by 4 to 6 so that would be the start of the handicap and a few extra points is, is a 10 to 3 so obviously it's the reverse of the regular match odds so you're getting over 3 to 1 on a, on toronto to win by 4 to 6 uh, and also for toronto to score over 20 over 20 points um, so 21 points or more basically is 6 to 5 and i think they means they've been scoring fairly well i think cavener they're not as defensive as they previously were in Tyrone's big fours. I think Cavanagh are a little bit undersized as well on their backs in, in a couple of places. So I think uh, I think Tyrone will just keep that roll going and get, put up a good score this weekend.
0: Okay, very good. Um,
1: what about Cork and
0: Leash then? Cork are eight to fifteen. Leash twenty one to ten. Handicap here is only two. Um, I was thinking it's kind of uh, Leash are a very good price there. I've seen it a little bit closer,
1: almost a fifty fifty. I think they're two very evenly matched uh, teams. I t- I tend to agree with you to be honest, Jag. I think uh, over two to one on Leash is a great price. I, I think you'd probably have to look at Cork as slight favourites, yeah. just given that they've they've seemed to have hit a bit of form and the basis on the on the on the Munster final against Kerry. They seem to have got a bit of confidence back in themselves anyway, um, and on the big pitch there in Terl as well. I think that will actually suit Cork a bit more. Leash haven't been putting up big scores at all. In fairness, they did put up a good score against Offaly at home last weekend but otherwise I think they're scoring one twelve twelve points and. I find I kind of struggle to see how they're gonna outscore Cork. basically, this began.
0: Yeah, Leash I think Leash are obviously it was a very open game against Offaly, so like defensive systems Leash are struggling to break down. I don't think Cork will play too uh defensively. There's a couple more bets, thirty six points or more, eleven to ten. Probably not the bet based on Leash uh not running up big scores. No, but against Cork it's but f- you know, styles make fights. Yeah, there's
1: the a lot of coming things that it, that would be in the favour of that. Like, I mean it's not massive odds, but I think thirty six points I think Cork will put up a decent score. I think Leash will score more than they have been based on last weekend they're kinda of, but like they're playing the and Turles, it's a huge, big open pitch. Both teams will kind of let each other play to a certain extent. I'd expect anyway. It could be a roasting hot evening as well, like where, you know, just just times or games tend to open up a bit more when it's a bit better. So I think that I think they'll they'll get over the thirty six points myself anyway. Um, and then one man to look out for in the goals there. I have Brian Hurley's first goal is seven to one, and to score any time. Goal is five to two. He scored three goals so far in the championship. He scored no points, so he's not he's not interested in kicking him over the black spot. So I think if he gets any chances and like I was saying, those big open spaces in entirely, he's got serious wheels on him as well. So if he, if he turns a man, I'd say he'd be heading straight for goal. And there's a, a couple there with a, with the first goal and any time goal, and obviously the the money back special will apply there. Yeah, for which makes well.
0: makes complete sense. So Mayo Galway, this is the closest one of all of them. Mayo are. Um, Ten to eleven. Galway six to five. Slide outsiders. I fancy Galway. Connor obviously is from Mayo. He fancied Mayo. Handicap's not really a player in this one. What else is? Are, are you looking at?
1: Yeah I got it the joint of the games are pretty difficult to call but this one you just don't know what's going to happen like it yeah. could be a terrible dour game low score and someone's by a point or it could be a, it could just be a barn burner like and that's what I'm hoping for myself but like we we're talking about with the, any qualifier to be a draw at 9 to 4 I think this one's probably nearly the the most appealing for the draw so that's that's uh, 15 to 2 just over 7 to 1 I just like I I can't separate them myself I, and the more I think about it the the more I kind of think that they're just going to cancel each other out need I don't think either team has huge confidence either and that can sometimes be a place where neither team wants to lose more than they're going out to win it and they're just trying to Keep that one point gap instead of really going and attacking a lead. So I think a 15 to two, the, the draw could be worth it. Um, and then one other one there is thinking Galway at half time and Mayo at full time is four to one. So obviously, if you're looking on the lines of the Connacht final, that's kind of happened. Galway they come out, we're playing well, and then once once Roscommon figured them out, they just strangled them out of the game. And I kind of think Mayo might do that this weekend because, like you think Mayo need to get a good start and all that, but at the same time Galway's confidence I think is particularly low, and Mayo won't Mayo won't to get too worried if they get off to a bad start. They've been playing games regularly. They might be a little bit slow in the legs, but I think I think over the course of the game, I think Mayo are going to get on top of them. So I think maybe Galway half time Mayo full uh, time at four to one is a, is a little bit of value there. Yeah, the Mayo eleven to four
0: Galway three to one, but to win by one to three points, you'd imagine it will be one between one to three points if it's won.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the only other one I could really pick out there. Like if you're going to back Mayo at, at ten to eleven or Galway at six to five, you may as well back them to win by one to three points. In my opinion, Galway or three to one to win by one to three, Mayo eleven to four to win by one to three. Like I just. It, it'd be, I'd be very impressed if either team win by win by more than that yeah. margin of fairness. And if either team did, then they'd you'd really have to start looking at them again as serious contenders. But I think more than likely they're they're going to cancel each other out in a lot of aspects. So it'll be a tight one either way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Then Sunday in Amore Park, um, I'm going to go to this one. Mead eight to fifteen, exact same betting as the leash one. And I think Clare are a fantastic bet here, even though traditionally they're not able to beat Mead.
1: Yeah, it's a difficult one and it's kind of, it's weird being on the Sunday it nearly is kind of left out on its own it's probably the the least high profile potentially of the games in fairness. But I yeah, I think uh, Clare like, they weren't great against Westmead, but it's not it's not the easiest place to go. I know it's no. kind of a cliche, but like it, it a Park there in, in one guard, like it's a tight pitch. Like you've got the wall on top of you, you've got the stand on top of you and Westmead are good there as well in fairness. So like while they had the, the bit of luck with the with the poor kick out and whatever else happening and Gary Brennan plucking a few balls out of the sky to, to keep the keep the score at one point to come to the end. They they definitely take huge confidence from that though, and that's one thing, like you can't beat winning a game when you're not playing that well and you just eke it out at the end so I think Clare will be coming with their tails off Mead you wouldn't know where they're coming from really their confidence is on the floor their forwards can't be feeling too good about themselves they, they look fairly ponderous against Dublin I know Clare aren't exactly Dublin but I, I think it's going to be a tight game but yeah like you say I think Clare 21-10 is a very good price Um, I, one thing that I actually looked at is the draw at half time and then either team to win so like metre to 8-15 if there's a draw at half time and a metre to win that's 10-1 to one. and if it's a draw at half time and Clare to win at full time that's 22-1 to one. so it definitely gives you a, a lot of value if it's going to be a tight one earlier on in the match anyway
0: yeah no exactly Joe thanks very much you know, not up that's all we've time for we'll be back on Monday uh, Maddie Ford is going to be in studio I'm sure Conan will be back as well so we'll talk to you then we'll review all the games from the weekend
1: good luck the G.A. Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power home of the G.A. Hour football ACA. Mm-hmm. I'm not finished yet it took me a long time to get here both players have, have spoken with each other and yeah uh, and um, they forget what happened, they've had a frank discussion with each other and they're both of them are keen to now focus on getting back their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a fing shit shock next Saturday evening that we'd put them back in their fing houses for ten years.